the project Kuwait learn in today's episode of the project find out what CrossFit a clown and Meg all have in common with dodgeball and what happens when you really overtrain how bad can it get what full circle really looks like as an elite athlete and then going back to the PVC pipe and dead hangs on a bar and how to overcome it. All this and more in today's episode. Okay, welcome to the project. I am Maddie, joined by Liam and Meg. And we're going to talk about a bunch of CrossFit stuff today. Why we love to hate it. So, I mean, everyone's kind of like, why get into CrossFit? Why'd you guys get in? I'm more curious about what went on. Oh, Meg, do you want to take, take a fist? Sure. All right. I was forced into CrossFit. Um, so... In college athletics, I was a swimmer and CrossFit came about in my sophomore year. Uh, our strength coaches wanted to shift our, our strength training to CrossFit style. So, um, yeah, we started it in the summer season. I remember the first workout we did, I think it was like jumping bar muscle ups and some sprints and some kettlebell swings. And we all just thought the coach was really pissed at us that day. We really didn't know we were getting into CrossFit. Um, but that's what started with that summer training. They did CrossFit with us. Um, it shifted our entire training system for, for swimming the rest of the season. Uh, the more we focused on that type of training, um, we decreased our hours actually in the pool. Um, just created a lot more variety in our training and everybody got a lot better. Um, so I only had two years left of college. This was in 2006. So I had two years left of college at that point. Um, we were doing CrossFit training year round to stay in shape. And then once uh, swimming had ended, I didn't want that competition void to be left. And so uh, that's when the strength coaches opened up the first affiliate in our city. Um, so they left the university and I just kind of followed with them. And uh, we started hosting like little local throwdowns. And uh, that turned into us filling up a bus of like 20 people and driving out to Colorado in 2008 or 2009, I think it was for the first regionals, the first year that they had regionals. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So we went out there. So I competed against like Matt Chan and Pat Sherwood. They were in that region that year. Nice. Um, and so, yeah, we had like 20 of us out there and I think I finished a 12th that year. And then that just kind of, yeah, started wanting to continue competing and trained for it the next couple of years, went to regionals the next year where they had like the sectionals, they introduced the open and all that kind of stuff the next year. Um, always finished like 10th, 11th, like right in that, that time. Um, but yeah, up until 2011, that's when I competed in CrossFit and trained that way. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. That's pretty cool that you kind of started right at the beginning, like when yeah. it all started up. That's pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah. Because you get a lot of people that jump into it like later on and they're like, yeah, I'm in the CrossFit thing, you yeah. know? So... Yeah, and it was very early on. Pretty much an OG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you you were the let's finish the wad and like go hang out after it, like when people didn't walk around like they had a badge of honor on their shirt and treat everyone like dirt. I mean, that's what yeah, CrossFits yeah, no, turned so into. We were, yeah, yeah, <laughs> sorry, yeah. we're gonna, we're gonna we jump were... straight in there. And throw it out there. <laughs> <laughs> all, right, all right, all right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We'll save that one for later. <laughs> we were CrossFit Omaha, so we were the 121st affiliate in the world, and we were the first one in Nebraska. Um, so this was started by Joe Westerlin, who's now he's like one of the only level fours out there, um, with CrossFit he's on seminar staff. He travels all over. He comes to the Middle East, uh, actually to, to do some, uh, level twos and, and things like that. But, um, so he was the, the owner of CrossFit Omaha 
Um, and then just a few years ago, he passed that on to Stacy Tovar. So now it's Stacy Tovar and her husband, Dustin, uh, that are running CrossFit Omaha. So that's where, where it all started. Uh, we started running it out of the university the first year, um, had about 30, 30 community members. And then once we got kind of past that point, then they bought a old warehouse. It was like an old shooting range. Um, yeah. And revamped that into, so it was just a dirty old gym. Oh, dude. So you were legit like, yeah, that's awesome. It was, Old old box gym, yeah. <laughs> Not a lot of people there because I don't do it now. So it's funny, like when I do join classes now, people like want to like tell me about CrossFit and talk to me about it, and I'm just like, uh-huh. <laughs> tell me again. <laughs> have, you, have you got five minutes to talk about it? Like, yeah. Save your CrossFit. Tell me all about it. <laughs> but yeah, so that was cool. The being part of the regionals when like it was at that small intimate level, like the affiliate owners that hosted it got to pick the workouts. Um, yeah, it was pretty awesome. 2009 was, I think, the first year that they had team events at the games. Um, and I was supposed to go with the team that year. And then I got into a little little car wreck before. And I think that just, it busted my confidence more than anything. I was kind of scared to get back in training and go. I probably could have gone and, and done fine. Kind of one of the big regrets that I have. Um, so I didn't go. But uh, yeah, it was exciting just to watch the whole like evolution of it. And then the next year, I think they were at the, uh, what's the stadium that they used to have it at in California? StubHub Center. Yeah. Yeah. Center. Yep. Okay. yeah. And then the next year they had there. And then I attended it, yeah, pretty much every year after that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that, that is pretty cool. Probably a better story <laughs> than the British guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is when I started, my, well, my first uh, kind of when the way that I was like showing CrossFit, uh, we had an American guy come over to my gym and I was like 16 just started kind of doing my fitness instructing and things like that. And he's like, man, you've got to try this CrossFit. And I was like, ah, yeah, okay, well, like, I'm, I'm interested. Like, let's, let's see what's up. I just kind of, I was playing uh, kind of semi-professional rugby. Um, and he showed me the, the CrossFit.com and it was the old style CrossFit.com. And I looked at the website and I was like, what the website hell is shit. this? <laughs> 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 this looks horrible. Um, and then obviously no one ex- explained anything to me about scaling options, no, like nothing. I think it was like pistols and like 32 kilo kettlebell swings or something like that. And I, I just went and tried this workout. I couldn't do any of the movements and like got halfway through it. And I was like, nah, I don't think so. Like this CrossFit stuff is stupid. This ain't even going to last a year. <laughs> um, so I gave up on it and I didn't think anything more of it. And I think that was, I think that was 2012. So it was like the kind of yeah when they first had first had the open, um, and yeah he came back from America again and he was like man did you, did you try it I was like yeah it was stupid, and he was like no no you got to try it you got to you got to do more you got to do more and I was like okay man shut up I'm gonna go lift some heavy weight and like leave me to it and so kind of just uh, kept going with that kept going with playing rugby, um, kept lifting heavy weight put on loads of weight um, and then yeah obviously kind of. Was, was lifting a lot after university, after I'd finished playing rugby, and then realized I probably need to do some cardio because <laughs> I was getting up to like 118 kilos, probably like 25% body fat. Not great. <laughs> not, not great body, body composition. Um, so I was thinking I need to do some cardio. And that's kind of, I've always been quite heavy. I was, was running around at like 95 kilos on a rugby pitch, like fairly lean. So I knew that I was going to stay heavy, but. I knew that I had to do a little bit of sprinting, a little bit of running. So rugby to CrossFit's um, like a big thing, huh? <laughs> rugby to CrossFit is, yeah, in, in the UK, it's, it's like the, it's the general way of, way of going. 
Um, and so, yeah, basically like went into my local CrossFit box and I just wanted like somewhere to basically lift where I could chuck weights on the floor. Like I can like had bounce plates and everything like that, bumper plates that we could, we could chuck anywhere. I could lift anywhere, do whatever I wanted. And then also do a little bit of cardio, some rowing or anything like that as well. Um, and yeah, I went, went to, went to a local box, um, and then just kind of started going more often. Then they said, Hey, try this competition. And I got my ass kicked and I thought I was fit. <laughs> so uh, I saw these like little whippets like flying around doing stuff on the bar and putting themselves up into like muscle ups and stuff. And I was like, okay, like the competitive side of me came out and was like, I got to do some of this. I need to do some more of it. Uh, and I actually happened to move house within like 500 meters of uh, a crossword box. And so instead of going to work, some days I was going into a crossword box, hanging out with the guys. Uh, I think at that time I had like a like 140, 150 clean, something like this. And uh, like I walked, I remember Wait, walking Kilos in. or pounds? Kilos. kilos. Oh, come oh, on. Man. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I hate this game. I hate you, dude. I'm like, all right, 145. I feel good yeah. now. <laughs> 140, 150. I think, uh, yeah, I think I was doing like 140 for like touch and go or something like that. I was like playing around with it just because I, I was training myself. They were fitness professionals and really worked a proper job. <laughs> Uh, walked in and I kind of said, uh, yeah, I'm interested in starting CrossFit. Like, it's interesting coming and lifting with you guys. And they just give me like this kind of look up and down and like, why, why are you doing here? Like, why, <laughs> why are you here? Elitist. I was like, I want to, I, I, I want to lift, man. Like, I want to lift. And he was like, well, look, like, can you even clean? And I was like, yeah, man, like, I can clean 140 kilos. And the kid was like, he looked at me like his expression changed immediately and was like, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was like, right, I was like, right, man, let's lift, let's lift right now. Like, I, I'm ready to go. Like, I'm, oh, that's good. And uh, yeah, we we lifted, hit 140 kilos, hit 150 kilos, and like that guy, I'll, I'll give a shout out to him, Robbie. Um, but he became my best friend over over the course of the next kind of 18 months, and we were just training together all the time. Um, and yeah, he got me into into CrossFit really. How soon after you got into CrossFit did you take your level one? Um, I think it was pretty quick. I think, uh, maybe six, seven months, something like that. I found that absolutely. Like I didn't do mine until after like five years into CrossFit. Yeah. Like I took a really long time, but I found that absolutely bizarre at the level one when they ask like, how long have you guys been CrossFit? You have people in there and it's like their first time. And I'm like, you just shut wow. out like thoughts wow. Yeah. No, there, there was a few people like that like, as well. What? Yeah. Yeah. There's some people who like, you could probably ask them like, what's your gym experience? And they were like, um, nothing. nothing. I, I like, I'm just interested in learning for myself. Yeah. Um, like absolutely but that's yeah. a big hit right now on CrossFit yeah. too, is because people could get their, you know, get their certification in like 24 hours and all that stuff. And it's like, it's not as legit as it was, I'd say four years ago, five years ago. Hey, there's a test. From my understanding. There's an exam. Everything has an exam. <laughs> yeah, it's like spoon feed you. You don't pass. Don't tell it. them that, Meg. Don't tell them that. <laughs> <laughs> we have clients and kind of members and things like that here who have gone got their level one and then they're kind of like standing next to people coaching them in class and things like that. And I'm like, okay, so to like to your point, that's be, why like, I discredited like, it. Because I've yeah. I've met so many people there at the gym and they're like, Yeah, I just got my certification of CrossFit. I'm like, dude. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, so it's like two like days no of experience. To anybody, but yeah. it's like, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna do something like that, CrossFit is a sport in my opinion that 
if you don't have a good coach, if you're not certified and well adversed in weightlifting and all, it's a recipe for disaster. I mean, when I when I when I got into CrossFit, like to get into it, that was that was it. I had a bad experience, yeah. and I hated CrossFit up until probably last year, I'd say, till the project came around, and I had been working with my my coach for baseball stuff. And it was just like when I'd gone to CrossFit boxes before, I'd be like, this is crazy. I'm going to get hurt if I'm doing all these moves. And, you know, like I had no business doing a snatch or any of that stuff. But then when I started to learn the competitive side of it, that's what kind of, you know, that's the bug that bit me is the competitive bug. You know, CrossFit to me was a means of still competing at my age. You know, like I'm pretty much done playing baseball. That's, that's not happening. So it was like CrossFit's, the next best thing. And it was really the project when I was, you know, after the project, I did a couple of workouts that you'd posted. And then I, um, I went and I did a, uh, uh, a class at one of the other gyms and I was like, all right, finishing, you know, finishing respectable Liam, the project. I mean, he was the one who founded it and he was, you know, you were coaching people online. You still coach people online, which is great. And you're posting free workouts, which I think, was awesome because everyone could do them. And that's where I picked it up. I was like, all right, I could do most of this stuff because it wasn't, it wasn't the crazy things like snatch and squat. And, you know, I didn't know what a power clean was. I just knew what a clean was. I didn't know what a power clean was. I couldn't, I couldn't differentiate. So I saw all of those and, you know, you were awesome. I had a question. I asked you guys, you responded and you you were very engaging online. And I mean, the project was awesome because it gave me a gauge of where I wanted to go and how to get there and where I was at currently. So that was that was good for me. That that felt good. So what you did with that was awesome. I mean, starting that up and giving people a resource, a free resource to get some good content and good information was awesome. I mean, both of you put out good content, you know, on social media, which I think is amazing because I think everything's going to be free anyways, sooner or later in terms of content. And that's what got me into it. Man, when I competed in that first class at one of the local gyms, I was like, all right, if I can compete with this old guy and this young guy that you told me about, I was like, all right. I was like, you know, and I I signed up for my first competition in January. But I think that is the main draw that people get into CrossFit with is the the competitive nature of it. Like kind of everyone starts their workout at the same time. Everyone's kind of, if it's a lifting, then kind of you're hearing people like if they're hitting PRs and there's a bell, people ringing the bell. Um, everyone, yeah, as I said, everyone starts to work out at the same time. You see whether people are finishing or not. Maybe some people, like you can see them, they've shaved a few reps off. You get angry about it. Like kind of, like so many, so many things that kind of everyone loves that kind of competitive. They get the competitive juices flowing. Um, but also, obviously, kind of I guess as uh, me and Meg have probably seen as well, a bit of experience in coaching. Uh, people can take that a little bit kind of far, um, and then they start being competitive against people who are at the games, who are like regional athletes and they're going, okay, so Matt Fraser is training five hours of a day. Um, that means I need to train five hours of my day. Like it's kind of, obviously that is massively incorrect. So it's kind of, I guess, come back to what you said earlier as well about having the right coach. Yeah. Um, yeah one. And having that's the right influence one. as well to kind of make sure that you're kind of not kept in your lane, but, kind of you're 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 pushed in the right direction at the right speed yeah would you agree with that yeah 100 percent. it's i think that's what i enjoyed about the time that i was in it was that 
everyone was kind of competing at that level where it was like everyone had their daily life and their daily jobs and they had other things that they <laughs> enjoyed. Yeah. It was, you know, this is something like the community side for sure. It brought us all together. And we love that. And we were gym rats for sure. It's like it shifted into this is what people were doing basically for their full-time job. And I think people miss that side of it, that they had like a least restrictive schedule and scenario to be able to train like that, to get to that level. And like you get people that are in their full-time job that, you know, maybe have kids and maybe have other things and they're trying to break themselves to get to that same kind of level of, of competition. Um, but different also, lifestyles. I guess they're, they're starting from like a step behind where people totally. were starting from before. Like, I mean, with yourself, like kind of coming from a high level of swimming background, yeah. like you'll be, you're able immediately to go into your first CrossFit workout yeah. and go pretty fast or finish yeah. pretty early. CrossFit was the way we trained, you know, yeah. for swimming. And to be fair, like in swimming, when I started my first year, I wasn't that great. Like I didn't get brought in on a big scholarship. I think I got $700 a semester, which is like enough for my books. <laughs> like it wasn't much. And I was like, you know what? I just want to do it to meet friends. That's really it. Um, and I enjoyed it and I stuck with it. Uh, first and second year and I was getting better, but I still wasn't qualifying for nationals or anything like that. And then I just started working in the off season. Like I enjoyed the weight room and that stuff was all new to me. Like in high school, we didn't lift and swimming. I think a lot of Kuwait is that at the moment where you've got a massive bodybuilding population. Um, or that was the predominance of the types of training that was around here before, which is exactly the same as the rest of the world. Everyone came from that kind of Arnold Schwarzenegger era of like, okay, I'm going to do biceps and triceps on one day then I'm going to do back and whatever on another day probably skip legs most days <laughs> but, <laughs> even though Arnold didn't do that but, but people would decide to um, but yes people come from that and uh, and now they're coming into okay now I want to be fit now I want to I, I don't want to be huge I don't want to be a massive muscle mountain I want to be lean I want to be able to move I want to be able to run after my kids. Like I want to be able to do something. Reach in over the future. my head. Yeah, I want to be able to <laughs> reach over my head. Their mentality isn't that. Yeah, like I don't think it's necessarily the mindset of people who are in in the industry. Like not the majority of people, anyway. It's it's the trust in those that small majority of people who are giving out information. And those guys have only known bodybuilding. They're probably very very good at giving out information on bodybuilding. But on doing anything else and being successful at anything else, bodybuilding doesn't always kind of translate very, very well. Um, especially not when you're looking at being fit, gymnastically good, technical, um, and strong, and mobile all at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> with, with average so, genetics. Yeah. With average yeah, genetics. With a, with I, average mean, genetics I, think, I think that's really important to hit And on, like. most of the time, only training an hour a day. Yeah. So, like, I mean, that's 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 a hard thing to to translate across, and it's it's only natural that people are going to be like, well, this worked, maybe this this pill or this injection or whatever worked for me in bodybuilding, so it must work in this. Like, actually, that, maybe that's not the case. Um, and so, that information, I think, is is old information. Did you know any bodybuilders? Strict, like you know, like the you know what I'm talking about. Go from that to CrossFit. I haven't seen it. I haven't like, seen I've any seen them here, jump into but I don't lots, think... but I haven't seen. I don't know of any like, here. Uh, there's, there's, there's definitely a couple who I know have trained, like at the likes of Oxygens or places like that, um, and then they've decided to come to a CrossFit gym more, um, but they weren't necessarily like deep in the bodybuilding mentality. Right. Um, but but back home in the UK, like you see it a lot. And I think because people 
And again, I think because the information on both sides, so not just the information on the bodybuilding side, but the information about fitness in general is a lot more accessible. Um, and so when people went to CrossFit or they went to doing a different sport, then they kind of went, hey, okay, there's good information here and there's reasons why I should do that. I might mix up a little bit of my old bodybuilding style because I enjoyed it and maybe this running style or this gymnastics bit. Um, but uh, actually, I keep saying this this week for some reason, but they, as soon as they understand that their actions have consequences, like so if they're going to go and do a huge set of bicep curls on a Thursday, maybe their pull-ups on a Friday in the CrossFit class are going to be pretty hard. Like they kind of go, okay, well. Hey, dude, I... you got to get that pump for the weekend, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get that weekend pump. Um, but yeah, they, they, as soon as they understand that there's, there's consequences for that and actually like the like bodybuilding style training tends to get like the eccentric load on muscles tends to get a little bit of muscle soreness, makes muscles tight. Um, maybe they don't function as well, especially if you're not, eating very well, if you're not drinking enough water, if you're not sleeping well, um, then that they kind of need to know that that's what's going to happen. So if they're not told that, okay, Thursday, go pump biceps, no problem. But don't come into Friday thinking that you're going to be able to run around and fly around like this 60 kilo guy over here who has never really trained a single isolation session of biceps and he only does pull-ups. Like you're not going to beat him. Like just because you've put yourself in a worse position than him mm. the day before. Yeah. So like you kind of need to know that that's, that's going to happen. And if people are given that information, then they can make a better decision, uh, which I think is the important thing. Yeah. That's a hard lesson that I learned, not necessarily from the like bodybuilding perspective, but just of understanding a, what you're putting your body under. And I think that they can become overtraining can be quite a problem with, with CrossFit of looking at that, like they need to specialize in something else. And then, yeah, wanting to jump back in the class and not thinking about what you're demanding on the body. So if you're going to break your body, doing something, like you said, training your biceps one day and then going in and doing something where it's going to demand pull-ups, like you're going to break down. Or, or you find out you have rhabdo. <laughs> exactly. So that's what happened was yeah, going in. Sorry. Going to that I, just, dark well, place. I wanted to throw that in there. Yeah, so you I, was, get, I, was getting I, I, there. I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it. <laughs> But that's what happened. It was going in the pull and the the workout that I did. It was pull ups and it was weighted sit ups. Um, and it's not the workout itself that gave me rhabdo. And I've always had you know great coaches. Um, and this was when it was it was kind of up to me. It was like we were coming in off the holiday and it was like here's the workout of the day. I was kind of doing it on my own. And I looked at it and thinking like, okay, I've had a few days off. Maybe I should scale it. And it was supposed to be like five rounds of pull ups and sit ups. And it was a higher number. And I was like, oh, I think I should break this down into like. 15 rounds and go for smaller numbers just because I didn't feel like I could do that number of pull-ups, whatever. And then it just allowed me to go with like out any break, like nonstop, like kind of just blacked out in the workout. But it didn't hit me until like three days later. So I trained like that really hard, not understanding like what load I was putting on my, my arms. Um, and with the weighted sit-ups and it didn't get me. So I was training the next day. I don't remember what I did for my workout the day after that, or even the day after that, but it was, uh, that, Third night, I was also in a dodgeball league for work. <laughs> and so everyone always laughs and they're like, yeah, you got rabbed out from dodgeball. <laughs> I was like, but I noticed that that night my arm's getting like increasingly sore, kind of swelling like after the game. And it was like, I couldn't straighten my arm. Next couple of days, it just got worse. And I kept thinking in the back of my head, I was like, I remembered seeing on the CrossFit journal because I used to read the journal articles on there. And I remember seeing that Pukey the Clown article with Rabdo. I don't know if you guys ever saw that, that picture, that, but yeah. yeah, it stuck out in my head. And I was like, so I printed out the article and I remember being in my office at work and I was like, couldn't straighten my arms. And I was just 
feeling miserable and I just started tearing up and I was like, I think I have this rhabdo. And you should probably explain what rhabdo is. So rhabdo is like, yeah, good call. (laughs) (laughs) Severe muscle breakdown. Basically it leads, leaks protein into your blood, filters through your kidneys and it can cause kidney failure. Um, so it makes your, the protein levels in your blood rise. So like if you were to get punched in the arm, so it's your CK levels is how they measure it. So if you were to get punched in the arm or anytime you train, your CK levels are going to rise up a little bit. Um, that's just how, you know, the muscles, uh, repair themselves. But with rhabdo, it's just such an increased level of that. There's so much protein in the blood that they can't, can't filter that through. And that's what does damage to the kidneys. So some symptoms are like, really dark colored urine is one that they talk about a lot. And then the arm swelling or whatever body part swelling, um, not being able to straighten the arm. So I didn't get the urine, uh, symptom. Like that wasn't one. And that was one I kept watching for. And I was like, okay, well, if it turns dark, then I know, (laughs) but it was just, I couldn't straighten my arms and I was swollen. And then finally I just started vomiting like that third night. And so it was like four in the morning. I had my roommate take me to the hospital and in the ER, uh, I remember telling the doctor, like, I came in straight away and I was like, I have rhabdo. And he was just, he thought I was on drugs. <laughs> he was just like, lady, chill out. Um, kept trying to explain it to him and they, they did all the tests and everything. Um, and then came back like a couple hours later and he was like, okay, we're going to admit you. Um, and so this was already after, I think I'd already been doing CrossFit now by this point, like four years, four or five years. Uh, so they admitted me and then they confirmed that it was rhabdo. I think uh, my CK levels when I was admitted were at 11,000. And over the next like six days, they went up at, like over 30,000. Uh, so it kept rising like every day because they're like, well, as soon as we get these CK levels down, you can go back home. And like every day it was higher and higher. And I was like, why is it getting higher? And they were like, well, your body is basically still breaking down. It's still trying to recover. Um, so just hooked up for IVs. I think I was there for like seven days and I had like med student groups and stuff coming in and they were wanting to do all these studies because they're like, Typically, people who get rhabdo are very new to the sport, and it's from an inexperienced coach. You know, having them yeah. do hundreds of air squats and pull ups and all kinds of things that they they don't understand what the the effect is on the body. Um, I was like, nope. Been training for competition, been an athlete, been doing it for four years, and I was like, nobody could really figure out why. Um, yeah, for seven days, and they're just they pump you full of fluids just to basically flush it out. Um, and then it got all kinds of like respiratory issues after that. Like it was just such a big hit to the immune system and to the nervous system. Uh, it was really susceptible to a lot of digestive stress after that. So like food poisoning cases, you know, I got food poisoning quite often. Um, but workouts were just never as much fun after that. Like it got to the point uh, standing underneath a pull-up bar and even thinking about jumping up there to do a pull-up. Like I would get like a vomit feeling like I was going to throw wow. up. Yeah, at first I remember like I cried my first workout back in the gym because I was just with a PVC pipe and everybody was doing snatch and that just like broke my heart because it was like everyone that I used to train for competition with and I'm like I'm stuck with this stupid PVC so there's a big and ego. You think you're competitive, Muddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you cried in a workout yet? No, no, I haven't, I haven't gotten to that stage. I haven't, I haven't gotten there yet. I'm, I'm, I hope I never get there. But is that why you left CrossFit? Just out of curiosity? It's like, it's definitely the start of it. Like, it just wasn't as fun anymore. I That was in 2011. Um, so I, I missed competition that year. And it was really just trying to get back into it. Um, yeah, and just so much stress. I think it was five months after that. Uh, was when I got, I got salmonella food poisoning then. So it was like, after I started to feel okay, after the rhabdo, like was getting back into the gym and I wasn't, I wasn't lifting heavy weights by any means. Um, but I was, you know, I missed the community. I missed the people. And for me, that's always been the best part of, of CrossFit. Um, and so 
I was just kind of getting back into that and enjoying it, enjoying the workouts with the classes again. And then I got this bout of salmonella food poisoning and that knocked me back in the hospital for like six days <laughs> and then ended up with some arthritis as a result of that. And I didn't connect the dots at the time of thinking that my immune system was just so shot from all of that, um, that it just destroyed my guts and made me a lot more susceptible to things like that. So that was hard to recover from. So that pretty much took out the whole year of just not being able to work out, started gaining weight, started getting depressed. And that's when I started looking at other things with the gym. So I started writing articles to, you know, help with like the women's side of it, like to break that fear of getting bulky and weightlifting and all these things that I was very passionate about, but wasn't able to do with myself at that time. Um, built up the retail store in the gym. Uh, we started putting on, you know, more local events, um, started going for like sponsorships for these events and then started taking on the social media tasks of things. And so that at the competitions, it's like I was doing the coverage for everything, which eventually led to being able to do an internship, um, with HQ to do some media coverage, which was pretty cool. So it opened up a lot of other doors, taking that focus off of the competition. Like it was cool to get into the other sides of the business and see what CrossFit was all about. Um, but yeah, I just never enjoyed the workouts as much the same. And through that networking, through all that stuff with the competitions, with the social media stuff, you know, join the classes and everything to get connected with the community. And I enjoyed it. But at that point, I just kind of accepted that I'm not really worried about going prescribed. Like I'm going to do this workout, just whatever level I'm at, do it for myself. Don't really worry about what the person next to you is doing, which was hard. Um, but then it started to open up the, the love that I had just for like the Olympic weightlifting. So I got a lot into into training for that and doing cycles for that. So I guess it's quite interesting because you actually kind of came full circle from doing like I guess that you could say it was like overtraining, under recovery, like doing so much, yeah, uh, in such a competitive way, and then you almost had to, you were forced to come back around full totally. circle to like realizing or realizing the CrossFit dream of like general health and wellness. Yeah, definitely. Um, and that's now become a lot more your focus, right? Totally, totally. Yeah, definitely taking that shift. I think that's one of the things that just also kind of started to push me away from CrossFit. It was just the obsession that so many people have with the competition side. And I started yeah. to see more of just like, what are we really after? Like, if you want to go after competition, then fine, but you're going to sacrifice some longevity. Like if you're after, like, if your goals really are things like being able to run around and play with your kids and get on the ground and take care of yourself and be independent when you get older, then that's a different side of it. Like it's not breaking yourself down, you know, and going after the competition. There's the general health of it. And that's a big thing as well. You're saying about, um, about scaling workouts now. Mm. So like you were at regionals, yeah. You were doing, you had no choice but to be doing as prescribed, prescribed workouts. Yeah, you're ashamed um, if you so, didn't. <laughs> so yeah, you were, you were basically having to RX everything, probably even trying to do more than just the RX and some, yeah. some things as well. And now, like, there's no shame in scaling workouts when you know that you should. Yeah. Um, which I think is like an important message for, for listeners out there and actually kind of knowing if you can't do it, there's no shame in it. Totally. Um, and actually kind of making sure you're, you're going through the right steps to go forward and, and make yourself better for the right reasons rather than just going RX because your friend did it or like someone or someone you're trying to chase did it. That's you know? what's yeah, such an important lesson because it was and it it wasn't as easy in the beginning. It was you get into a class, especially when open comes around. Right. You know, and you get back into that competition. I was like wanting to go in and do it. Um you know, full honor to what I used to do or people knowing what, you know, the level that I used to be able to compete at and kind of, you know, pushing you to get into it. But 
it was that constant idea of like, I need to get back to what I used to be able to do. I need to get back to doing like, I was great at pull-ups. Like, and now I like, feel like I want to vomit every time I get out of the bar. I was like, I need to get back to that. I need to get back to that. I need to keep going back. And I was like, okay, you really have to start with where you are now. And I think that's what a lot of people, especially if they've done sports before, if they've looked a different way before, they've felt different in their body before, they're always looking to go back to what's, well, I want to get back to, you know, this body or this thing. And it's like, no, you have to accept where you're at now and you have to step forward in that and accept that your life is completely different. You have different stress, different daily activities, different body, really. Like your biology is also changing. <laughs> like there's a lot of things that change. So you have to accept like, this is where you are now. And that's how you move forward from it. And once I was able to just like, okay, got connected with the Edo portal method and that's starting with them. Then my first program I got, I remember looking at for my upper body strength and it was literally back to ring rows and basics of pull-ups, like static holds and mm -hmm. everything like eccentric. And I was like, all right, this is it. And I did, I followed that program for two years. And then I went back and did an open workout and it was kipping uh, toes to bar and kipping pull-ups. We we're in a couple of the workouts and I stood under the bar and I felt fine. Like hanging was a big part of the, the Edo programming too. Um, and I got underneath the bar and I did the most kipping toes to bar that I'd ever done. Like my shoulders never felt stronger. I never felt better doing it. I was like, damn it. Why didn't I do this like a long time ago when my coach told me like 10 years ago, why didn't I do this? But none of us listen yeah. to our coaches yeah. at the beginning. I, mean, I still don't listen to my coach. I'm, 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 please listen to your coaches. Please. <laughs> yeah, I'm sitting over here. I'm just quiet. I'm quiet during all this because I am, I, I am the asshole in the gym that like, if I see the guy next to me, like, you know, snatching, I don't know, like 200 pounds. I'm going to be like, all right, let me try and get as close to him as possible. But it's that competitive side. Yeah. I like you. I played college sports. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I played baseball my whole life. I've played on, you know, at a high competitive level. And it's just, it's that bug. It's that itch of, I want to be the best. I want to do the best. And it's only when I'm doing classes where if I go jump into a class, my coach is there. If he sees me jump up to do a handstand push up, pull up, push up. Or if he sees me jump up to Kip, and this was before I learned how to Kip, he was like, dude, you have no business being up there. Just get yeah. down. And I'm like, no, but I can try. He's like, no, just get down. You're going to hurt yourself. And he talked me out of it. And then I eventually listened to it. I'm getting better. Yeah. I'm, get, I'm getting better. You know, like. No, there's, I think there's definite value in training alongside people and pushing yourself. Um, like whether it's a snatch, clean and jerk, whatever. If, if it takes someone else snatching next to you to snatch 200 pounds or whatever it is, um, for you to have a go, and generally, if you if you feel like you're com in a confident position to be able to actually do that, and you just needed that stimulus of someone else doing it, then I would say go for it. I'm still only running uh, a marathon with you, though. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, I think I think there's there's real value in that, and that's I think is like again one of the, the facets of what makes CrossFit so popular is the fact that you can work out next to everyone, you can work out next to your best mate, um, and you can try and beat each other. Uh, I guess what we're just trying to get at is kind of doing it within um, within uh, some some kind of boundaries, I guess. For they're only your personal boundaries, and kind of you knowing what you can and can't do, and what is likely for you to be able to do, and what is not likely for you to be able to do. And actually, really, if you need help with clarifying any of those, but it's, fine, it's finding those. that right coach, though. Yeah, it's true. finding that right coach. You need so you need a coach to tell you. You'll know, like you said, you'll know it when he says. No. Take that weight off the bar yeah. or yeah. no, you're not ready to kip yet. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's just as much as you should have a coach who like pushes you and says yes to a lot of things and like yeah. goes, yeah, 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 go, go, go. 
And um, the more value I think in being a coach is telling like your client when to stop and just go, but chill out a second. Like we're on the way to this, but we're about two or three weeks away or we're about one or two months away. Like you don't need to hit it right now. Like you don't even need to have a go right now. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, that's, that's when you, when you find the coach who gives you that balance, that's probably a good sign that you've got a good coach rather than someone who either says no to you too much or all the time or yes to you all the time. Definitely. But that's where the injury rates come in. I mean, if you look at the research so far, they say everyone says CrossFit has the highest amount of injuries or whatever, but it's not true. It's actually long distance running, Olympic weightlifting and something else. That's what mm -hmm. all the recent research research has said. Because people run like idiots. <laughs> they run Crap, and they don't know. That was actually way more common in running than it is in <laughs> Also, though, you can look at those statistics and you can find it, it's running is the most injury prone sport, but also that's because the most amount of people do running in the world. Yeah, so right. the, kind of, the statistics can be skewed yeah. a little bit, but still does mean that running. I mean, it, just, it depends on the sample size. The paper yeah. that I read last week was it was based on the sample size that they had taken and the, the number of training hours that each person had dedicated to that sport. CrossFit was in there. It was, you know, it was probably, I think it was 3.7 hours. You know, like if you train out of a thousand hours, 3.7 of them, you're going to get injured or whatever. I mean, so it's the chance is there, but it's like any other sport. And you know, it just like, it comes back to the coaching it comes back to having someone as good as you guys that knows how to coach a client and knows how to lead them into success versus letting them lead you into their own, Failure, so to speak. Did that make any sense whatsoever? No, it makes a lot of sense. Actually. Okay. I was surprised. Yeah. That bullshit, yeah. right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow, that there. Was, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Right, thank you, Mariela. <laughs> no, that, didn't, that made a lot of sense. Actually, it does, it does make a lot of sense. You need to have that balance, um, but that balance can't be achieved without good feedback as well. I think that's important to note. Is that like a coach is only so good as how much information a client gives to that that person. Um, so like I've got people who I, who I coach with who like they'll just accept everything. They're like, yeah, yeah, no worries. I'll do that. Yeah, no problem. Um, and you're kind of going, well, tell me. Like I need to know if it's too much. Don't be brave. Like if, if, you, if, it's, if there's something, that, if you feel any niggles at all, anything that's like a little injury or anything starting, like you need to tell me. Like, yeah, 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 I will, I will, I will. And then you see them kind of walking around, like rubbing their leg, like consistently, like after every rep. And you're like, is your leg hurting? And like, oh, no, no, no. Like, it's hurting, isn't it? Just a little, a little, like whenever I walk. Like, it's like, yes, <laughs> so it works, so it hurts well, a lot. That's a problem. Yeah, we that's it, something I need to know about. Yeah. Um, but like, so like, I mean, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big example, but they kind of need that feedback constantly. Um, and Again, just to, to kind of say about my point before, you need to give that feedback just as much. And if the coach isn't accepting of that feedback, you need to find a different coach. Totally. Um, but and if the coach isn't asking you for feedback, then the coaching relationship maybe isn't as good as it should be. If you have pain, like your body's communicating something to you, like it's giving you some kind of information. Something needs to change. Something needs to adapt, you know, and it might not even be the problem, you know, where you feel it. And so you kind of have to, you know, ask the right questions to get back to that, but getting people to understand like, is it actually pain or is it just, are you uncomfortable? Or are you just, is it normal muscle soreness or does it feel different yeah. than a normal muscle? Soreness? And that's, that's a good point on the adaptation, the adaptation of our bodies and the muscles. And yeah, you know, I mean, 
you get people here where their arms are burning for the first time. They're like, oh, that's pain, but that's not pain. <laughs> you know? yeah. But well, some people enjoy that pain way too much. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, no, it hurts so much. It's great. Like, is that like a good pain? Or There's something else going on pain? that we need to talk yeah, about exactly. with you. Yeah, it's like, like okay. Um, yeah, I mean, Dude, who the hell fun, are you training, man? I, I train <laughs> like, some beasts. Like, I've got a couple of, I got, I think, I don't know whether it's my personality, like, but I think I kind of attract some people who just want to literally just work hard all the time. And so, for the most part, my, my, uh, like the hard thing that I find with, with coaching is like when to stop them. Yeah. Like, cause most of the guys, they just want to just, just go. And the girls, they, they just want to go, 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 go all the time. And if they're not training, they're like, why am I not training? Like, why have I only got two workouts or two Metcons today? Um, why have I only got one lifting session and then some accessory work? Like I want to lift. And I'm like, okay, like, don't worry. Like, we need to have a bit of a deload week every once in a while. And actually, when you see your training for tomorrow, then you'll realize why. You'll thank me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's why? one of the biggest battles that I had in the beginning of shifting from that. When we started with that boot camp kind of, you know, concept and shifting into more weightlifting and talking to them. Like you just, yeah, you have to educate them like the nervous system. Like you have to talk to them about it because it was like, listen, I'm not trying to get you in pain every day. Like I don't want yeah. you sore every day. And you shouldn't be like being sore does not mean you had a good workout. Yeah. Like it's, that's not the goal. A, a big thing as well. And I just thought of it just because a, a client came to me this week about it. And he said, man, I never get to have like, when I feel good one day, like really good. The next day it never feels good. And I was like, well, I can tell you exactly why. It's because when you feel good, you do too much. Yeah. And mm -hmm. you keep going and you keep going and you do more than like I've programmed for you or you do more than like you feel like you should. You go until you're absolutely finished that day. So then the next day, you haven't recovered properly enough. And so you feel pretty crappy. Like you feel pretty rubbish. Yeah. And so next day is not going to be as good because you push yourself just a little bit too hard. If you just finished where we're supposed to finish, get the intensity in, go home, eat, recover. Trust the process. Yeah. And on that note, thank, all, thank you all. Thank all the listeners. And, you know, please subscribe and write a great review and help us out. You know, first episode and we'll... You know, hopefully you'll catch us next week. Any any feedback yeah. is always, always needed as well. Definitely. So anything at all that any of the listeners have, want to hear about, want to talk about, want us to talk about, then let us know. Throw the questions and comments our way for sure. Definitely any questions. And if you want to see Liam and me work out together and me be his water boy, we'll let you know. And so YouTube you can, video coming soon. Yeah. Yeah. You guys could tune in and see me be the towel boy. That's it. That's it. I'll be hanging from Meg, the bar in the corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Meg will be hanging. You don't put towel in the corner. <laughs> I'll be passing out right. Pedialyte. Cool. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. You can also find us on Instagram at The Project Kuwait. Thank you, and join us next time.